Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. I'm very excited about today's show, folks, because our guest is Linda Palmer, one of my favorite independent filmmakers. Linda will be talking about her wonderful films, Last Call at Murray's and Our Father, Plus, I hope she will also share some information about carbon dating, her hilarious web series that is being considered for an Emmy nomination. I have been lucky enough to see all of these properties, and I am so impressed. Now, Last Call at Murray's is receiving rave uh, rave reviews on the festival circuit, and our father, a unique short film has earned numerous awards, and uh, you just—I just have to recommend these films. I, I hope that they will be available for everyone, everyone to see. Our father stars the great Michael Gross from Family Ties and packs an emotional wallop. Plus, it takes place entirely in a bathroom. Yes, you heard me right. And Last Call at Murray's also features Michael Gross. He plays a longtime bar owner who has decided to retire, but his plans for a quiet closing night go awry when the bar becomes a place for people to stay during a severe, unexpected storm. It's full of surprises. And Carbon Dating is about two baby boomer women awkwardly aging in a youth-oriented society. What could possibly go wrong? Now, Linda is a writer, director, producer, and founder of Runaway Productions, a commercial and feature film production company in Los Angeles. She studied journalism, television, and radio production at Long Beach City College and completed the UCLA Extension Program in screenwriting and directing. Her background includes experience at Stiletto, a music management company, Aaron Spelling Productions, and America's Funniest People. So it's my great pleasure to bring Linda on now. Welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Linda. Thank you so much, Betty Jo. That was awesome. That was an awesome introduction. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just I'm just exhausted reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little exhausted this last couple of years making it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, congratulations for um, uh, how well your your work is is being received, and uh, I I know you're very very busy. So I'm I'm just delighted that you could take time out and be with us today. And we will be talking about those uh, those three um, last call at Murray's and our father and carbon dating mm-hmm. in a few minutes. But I know our listeners would would like to find out a little bit more about uh, how you decided uh, to become a filmmaker. So, so why don't we start there? 
Okay. Um, you know, originally I, I thought I wanted to be a, a journalist, and um, after seeing myself on camera, I, I quickly decided that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so I I went through a variety of positions um, in the production courses and really enjoyed producing and obviously writing. And so um, I'd, I'd been in sales, involved in sales for many years, and found it very easy to get people on the phone. And I was able to get people, I was able to pitch people a lot, a lot of my different uh, projects, but they, oh. yeah, they, they just were never being purchased or optioned. So I, I really felt like at some point, I think it was around 2006, that I, I needed to start producing and actually creating work that would draw people into what I was doing and asking, you know, hopefully asking if I had more things um, available. So that was kind of my, my start and how I got into it. Um, I, I really feel like when you produce a project, it's the best filmmaking school you could possibly go to because you're you're just completely immersed in it and you learn basically on-the-job training, and there's nothing better than that. Absolutely, and... Uh... I'm certainly glad that you made that you made that choice because um I I know that that you're just beginning to have so much success and as I mentioned before the show started I think we're going to hear a lot more about Linda Palmer. Now I do see that one of your producers is in the chat room, Ray uh Ray Davis and I want to uh to welcome Ray Davis. We also already have a call and I'm not sure who that is, but let's let's check. It's probably one of your many uh, fans or, or colleagues. So so let me <laughs> okay. uh, bring this person on. Hello, area code two o nine. You've reached Movie Attic headquarters. Who am I speaking with? It's probably Ray. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ray Davis. She's here. She's here. Well, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Ray. So you've you've had a chance to to work with this uh, talented uh, uh, Linda Palmer. Uh, what uh, what is what's she like to work with? Oh, she's a mean cuss of a woman to work with. <laughs> <laughs> she is. I was no, afraid Linda of that. is really really fantastic. Um, I appreciate her creativity and her focus because. When she's on the job and she's directing, it is all about what's in front of her. And I think that's what's created um, such wonderful projects that she's been involved in. Oh, and uh, which projects have you worked with uh, with Linda on, Ray? Um, last Call at Murray's the most extensively, and then um, a little bit in Carbon Dating, and didn't wasn't working on the set on Our Father. We actually came in um, post-production on that one. So we've worked together on those, and then we have some other things that hopefully we'll be working together on. Well, congratulations for uh, for choosing those uh, those uh, film projects. Are you uh, going to be able to stay on the phone with us for the for the rest of the interview, or did you just want to pop in and say hi? Uh, I'm here, you? whatever you need. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so Ray's preparing to travel to yeah. Hawaii with us. <laughs> feel yeah, free, we're feel free ready for the film fest, so we're very excited. Oh yes, it, it is an exciting time, and um, I'm I'm really eager to talk with Linda about our father because that's the first uh, 
of your movies, Linda, that I mm-hmm. saw. Yeah. And, of course, you know from my review that it just uh, knocked my socks off. I, I could oh, not. Thank you. I, I couldn't believe that you had you covered so many things in a short movie. It was uh, less than 30 minutes and the things that you covered and and all ta- all the action taking place in a small bathroom i i've never seen anything quite like this and of course your your cast certainly helped i mean michael mm-hmm. oh as the father who has uh, is in the last stages of dementia he almost mm-hmm. smashes through the screen i mean what a what a performance so tell me tell yeah. our listeners and me a little bit more about our father maybe why you why you picked that and what your challenges were with that and then we'll move on to uh, another favorite of mine last call at Murray's but let's give some time to our our father right now okay yeah our father was um, based on a true story in our family and um, what had happened is we hadn't seen our our father in close to 25 30 years um, he was estranged you know and and um, so it was he, he basically oh. Facebooked us about I want to say about three or four years ago and my middle brother um, didn't really use social media, so he called him and realized there was something wrong with him. So to make a long story short, he ended up, um, him and his family taking care of him. And so at one point when they were caring for him, he revealed a secret to my brother, and which about floored him and the rest of the family, but it really allowed us to have much more empathy for this man that was not really a very nice man in our lives and um, Mm. really sort of a monster. So, you know, when he called and left this message for me, um, I, you know, I called him back and and he told me and I'm like, Oh my God, that's just, that's crazy. I can't even believe it. And I talked to my husband who Mark Cardone, who's been amazingly supportive. I have to give him props because I would not be where I'm at, especially the last couple of years without his complete support and, allowing me to do everything I do and to do it full force without, you know, having to work or anything else. So that's largely, that's a large reason I've been able to do all these projects in the last couple of years. But he and um, another of my producing partners, when I told him the story, really encouraged me to write it. And so literally inside of a month, we had a screenplay that was, um, that everyone really liked. We had a reading and then we went about trying to cast it. It took us about a cast about a year to pull a cast together that we felt like was really strong. And um, then we produced it. So it it was finished, I believe, the um, beginning of 2014 and spent about a year on the festival circuit. Um, we traveled to Cannes. We were part of that um, in uh, one of the festivals there called the Emerging Filmmakers, American Pavilion Emerging Filmmakers Showcase, and also Short Film Corner. And then, you know, we were involved in so many other festivals. I think there were like 22 festivals across the country. Wow. Um, and we won over 20 awards. Actually, oh. we, we won 20 awards and were nominated for like another 20. So oh. it did very well. And, and obviously Michael Gross did a phenomenal job, but every single element of that film has been acknowledged at some level. So it's it's yeah. been you know I'm so proud of it because the music is amazing the acting's phenomenal um, you know it's got a lot of accolades 
you know, for direction and um, just everything. So it's it's been a phenomenal experience. Well, it's a phenomenal film, and uh, if if I, I apologize for this, but I but I just felt so strongly about this film. Of course, I've been uh, rhyming about movies lately, mm-hmm. and I just want to share with the with the listeners uh, the poem that I that I wrote about our father. And it goes oh, absolutely, like because it's beautiful. Well, thank you. You made my day. <laughs> but here's <laughs> the way it goes. Secrets revealed when you are old might improve lives by being told. Our father deals with one such case in a short film you can't erase from your mind or soul or heart. It's first-rate drama and true art. Behold, a father in distress and watch a son who tries his best to cope with dad's belligerence. Despite the man's past violence, within a bathroom battleground, a hopeful tenderness is found, as is the torture that suppressed a man's wholeness which he repressed. Based on a story oh so true, this intense film will stay with you. And I, it has stayed with me. I mean, I just I, I keep thinking about it and... I just want to congratulate you again for that uh, for that film. Ray is still Thank here. You. Ray, is there anything that you would like to say about our father? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a film that stays with you. And um, it was something that really drew me to Linda's work. It was the first thing that I saw her do, the first film. And... Um, having family members that had passed away from Alzheimer's, an ex-father-in-law and and my mother-in-law, it really hit home on a lot of different levels and um, really just started my interest in, you know, coming along with Linda's work because I think it's just a really special, uh, special, special film. If I can add something to that, too. Um, one of the things that ha- that happened um, throughout the filmmaking experience was that film was entirely paid for by donation. Um, really? Donation and some investment, yeah. But probably 95% of that money came from caregivers. And oh. so we knew we had a huge audience in um, in at least caregivers who wanted – a real story to be told about how difficult it was to care for somebody um, in Alzheimer's or dementia. And I don't know if um, your listeners know or not, or if they've heard Michael Gross talk about this, but he and his wife took care of her mom for 10 years um, Mm -hmm. who had Alzheimer's. And that's the main reason he came on to it, because he had that experience with her and wanted to do it as a homage to her, because you know, she was very special in their lives, but there were just things that it, it, it was difficult. It was difficult. They had to learn how to, as a caregiver, care about themselves as well, you know, because there's, and we learned so much about caregiving just in this whole process. And it was really, it was really cool. Ray and her husband, Mark, actually um, arranged an event in Northern California to uh, raise awareness and, and funds for Alzheimer's for the chapter up there, which was very successful. It was a, a really awesome event. And then we've been involved in some other Alzheimer's events. So, um, you know, hopefully our goal right now for the rest of this year is to get as much 
um, as many people to see it. So they, which is why you're, you know, watching it, Betty Joe, and reviewing it was amazing for us. But um, to give people more insight into it, and to actually have it, um, you know, sort of premiere on any any kind of channels that are out there. So there are a couple of um, there are a couple of channels it's going to be um, seen on in the next couple of weeks, and I'm going to be posting about that later. Um, it's going to be on the Community Channel in the UK. Uh, I oh. think it runs in like the next two weeks on that, and it will also be on Shorts TV uh, later on this year. So great! I hope that that everybody sees it because it's it's just well, I I just can't say enough about it. I all of the things that that this short film dealt with the the dementia, the caretaking, the family dysfunction. Mm-hmm. The torture, gender, and repression, mm-hmm. and uh, I I called this in-your-face filmmaking at its best <laughs> because it it is I mean it just I mean you're just right there with the yeah. with the characters and uh, you just did a, a beautiful job and I'm going to compliment Ray for uh, having the good uh, good uh, judgment. <laughs> to get involved <laughs> with you and with and with our father. So, well, then the next movie that I that I saw of yours, um I have to give full disclosure on last call at at Murray's because I have a soft spot in my heart for bars <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> because so do we. I grew up, <laughs> yes, I grew up in the in the back of a of a uh, of a bar, <laughs> and in the, mm-hmm. there were uh, bedrooms in the back, but it was owned by mm-hmm. my uh, colorful Irish uh, American grandmother, and I even had a, a babysitter for. Uh, a bartender for a babysitter. I mean, he was he was just great. I don't want to disparage him. And uh, one of my happiest early memories involves trying to tap dance on the ballroom floor and uh, looking up as the these friendly customers tossed pennies at me. <laughs> so <laughs> no wonder that's hysterical. No, no wonder uh, last call at Murray's. But uh, but it, it had so much. This this movie had. So much going for it, and again, your uh, one of your actors uh, appeared, uh, Michael Gross. And so, tell us a little bit uh, now about Last Call at Murray's, why you got involved in that, and how you got that wonderful, diverse cast. And uh, since Ray uh, has seen it and helped with that, uh, she can chime in too. But uh, but but you go first on that, Linda. Okay. Well. Last call, like you, Betty Jo, I grew up um, with a mom that was a bartender and a waitress my whole life. So I've been around that environment my entire life. And and when I first decided I was going to produce a film in order to, uh, you know, show people that I could do it and get them interested in my work, Last Call at Murray's was the very first script that I optioned from um, writers Brian Beatty and uh, Betsy Morris. And that was like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, and it's literally taken this long to get that that script turned into a movie. Wow. You know, I've had different directors attached. I've had different producing partners on it. I've had different actors attached to it. But it just goes to show that when you have the right, when it's the right timing for something, then the right elements come together on it. And we were very, very lucky to assemble the cast that we have. They all 
are are perfect in their roles. They're the perfect ensemble cast. And my hope, my hope is that at some point in the future in the festival circuit, it's recognized for either one of two things, the, the ensemble cast or the writing, uh-huh. because it's a fantastic script. And, it is. You know, it's, it's very it's, savvy. Yeah. yeah and, and, and having, you know, it's easy to direct. It's easy to direct when you have really good material and really great people to work with. So, you know, it, there's not really any one character that stands out. I think that they, they all do a wonderful job of intermixing with each other and feeling like real characters in a bar. And I think that's what most people identify with. And it's funny because you'll find out this about Ray and I. We're crazy Halloween fans. So we have <laughs> a whole, like, we have a whole nother, you know, thing going on. But when I started, um, we were working on Our Father, and I said I was going to do Murray's next. Ray's the same way. She, you know, she worked in bars, and she's like, oh, my God. And she lives in the mountains, and she's like, I love the script. So, you know, that's that's how she ended up becoming one of our executive producers. And, and uh, she also did an amazing job with our product placement on it. And you'll see in our, yeah. in our film, one of the things that's different is you don't ne- – we're not hiding the labels because all of our labels are – our product placement sponsors. So everything from Jameson to, you know, um, all all of the brands that were there were, you know, our partners on it, which is really cool. Oh, I, I just think that it was so real because it just, you know, brought back memories to me and the cast. I hope that you do get recognized for ensemble because it was a, it was a great cast, but I was uh, totally surprised at one performance because I had I had seen um, John Savage in so many films and mm-hmm. when he when he showed up on screen in Last Call at Murray's as this long estranged friend of mm-hmm. uh, Murray and when he got up to the to the mic and, and sang I couldn't believe it. I said, "Is this the right name?" I mean, is that, you know, look in the in the cast, and he was just great in that role. So he stood out to me because it was such a surprising performance. But the rest yeah. were were excellent. They they definitely definitely uh, were. And some of these people were in our father besides michael uh, mm-hmm. you, you you kind of have people that are you know it's almost like it, it, it maybe it'll end up as a what do you call them repertory company or something appear in <laughs> yes yeah it's it's funny because i have worked with um many of those actors in many projects um from our father obviously there's michael gross and eileen grupa who played the wife and yes. she's the waitress, you know, um, in the picture, and she does a fantastic job in that role. Well, she sure and makes you feel for her, for everything that's yes, going she does. on with her. She yes, was she's great. very expressive. She's very, very expressive. And then the other actors I worked with in, um, in other films were Chris Pencel, who played Neil, the guy that was the corporate, you know, head of the corporation, Mm-hmm. And Alina Madison, who played Autumn, the biker chick, that was like analyzing everybody. And I've worked with them in my first film, Look at Me, the wedding video, Halloween party. They were in all of those those films, um, and they do a fantastic job. So there was a lot of new faces too. I mean, everybody else I hadn't worked with before, and 
and they were, you know, just just a treat. I mean, each one of them brought something very special. I do agree with you though when when um John Savage comes on and his relationship with the different people it it is there is something really special about it. And I think that that John Savage fans are going to love this film. They're going to they're going to want to own this film. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It it was it was just an eye opener and uh, of course the the one of the striking things about this movie, the diversity of the cast and mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, breaking down of, of stereotypes and, and we learn uh, that appearances can be deceiving and you have mm-hmm. so much happening there. We see love bloom and friendships begin and mend and end mm-hmm. and just so much happens in this, you know, one <laughs> this one night, this this closing this closing night, and uh, yeah. Uh, well, all right. I'm going to read my poem for that one too. I mean, it's my oh, show. Oh, before you do I that, do it. Be- <laughs> yes, before do you do that. that, can I can I can I interject one thing before you read your Please your do. poem for that one? You know, I have to say that one of the things about the film that stands out for me is the music. The music is phenomenal because it's a karaoke bar, and you had touched on it with John Savage getting up and singing. But there, and I think there's several characters that actually get up and and they do perform karaoke. But um, we had two original songs written for it: one by Kelly Zerbe's that Paula J. Parker sings, which just blows everyone away, and then our um, and. Yeah, and our end title song, which Marvin Glover, who's another one of our producers, um, he and his partner Greg Cortez wrote, and it's in the whole ending ending credits. And you know, but all of the music is just phenomenal. I mean, people that's one of the things they compliment all the time. They're like, it's it's fantastic acting and and the music. You just sit there and you feel like you're in that bar. Oh, I did. <laughs> I did feel like it, and I'm glad that you mentioned the music, and uh, that meant a lot to me. Uh, I do, I do love the uh, when the right music is used in in movies, mm-hmm. and, and it certainly did. So uh, this is a, this is a short one. It says, a, "This is the way it goes." I call it a night to remember. A bar closing may not be news, but Murray's has a lot to lose. What happens on that final night? Will everything come out just right? Last call at Murray's, slice of life that's filled with drama, love, and strife. Folks who need shelter from a storm come into Murray's to keep warm. Director Palmer shows no fear. Diversity shines loud and clear. Last call offers laughs, songs, and tears. Mature viewers will shout out, cheers! (laughs) So, Ray, now it's your turn. What what would you like to share about Last Call at Murray's? No, I think Linda covered it really well. I would definitely say that yes, the the music stands out in this film. Every single song that's a part of it is just fantastic. When you get to listen to them in their entirety, it really is just um, over the top, outstanding, and. Yeah, as far as the cast goes, I mean, everyone gelled and worked together so well. Um, John Savage is certainly a very special person. He's a very, very nice man. If you got to meet him, you wouldn't be disappointed if you're a fan of his. Um, Ooh, I love just that. Just a very gracious person. He, um, 
he was kind of almost like the dad on the set to some of the younger actors. And, um, you know, in in film, you have a certain level of actors that may require something special for them and having, whether it's their own trailer or their own space. But in this film, I'm going to tell you, this group of actors, everyone stuck together. Nobody went off on their own. John and Michael both were just as big a part um, as the downtime with the cast and talking to everybody and laughing and having a great time. Um, it was it was pretty special to work on it. I yeah, there was, was a lot of puzzle making going on. There was, was a lot puzzle of making. puzzle making going on. <laughs> well, it, it must have been it must have been a lot of fun a lot of fun to make. And speaking of fun. That takes us to carbon dating. Linda, I am so glad you sent me the link to this because I don't really watch web series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I spent about uh, 55 minutes, that's all it took, to to watch those very funny nine episodes of this wonderful, amusing series and those two great women... (laughs) Were, oh, they're were, fantastic! Yes, and so tell tell our listeners a little bit more about carbon dating. I will definitely do that. I was very very fortunate to um, be asked by the creator, um, writer, director, producer Amanda Sarah to come on board her project, and she hadn't produced before or directed, so she she had seen our father, loved it. Um, was familiar with our, my work on Murray's and um, she asked if I would sort of mentor producer and I read the I read the series and I'm like you know this is a very funny series I would actually come on and want to be a part of it so basically we produced it over three uh, two or three day production periods last year in between shooting Murray's and Murray's being you know premiered for our um, cast and crew screening and it it was just amazing it was amazing to to create nine super funny episodes that are about five to seven minutes each and and they each you know it's a storyline obviously it's talking about what's happening with these women that are basically trying to have their own web series and and um talk to you know other folks their age women their age about you know the trials and tribulations of awkwardly aging, and um, in a youth and dating, society. D- dating—that's where the dating. Dating comes for in. sure. Dating <laughs> and, and the play on. Uh, in fact, it was her her daughter's suggestion to call it carbon dating, um, and her daughter plays her daughter in the show. She's also uh-huh. the editor. She does the visual effects, and she did all the music in it. So Victoria Sarah just did a fantastic job with with the the project. I mean, she's her stamp is all over it and it's um it, it it's just such a funny series. You know, I I like to tell people they they might hear, "Oh, it's two older women, you know, going through these trials and tribulations." But it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl or if you're younger or older, everyone loves the show because they can relate to somebody that they either know that's in that like that's a baby boomer or there's just so many elements about the show that make it definitely interesting to watch, you know, the visual effects or the t- the subject matter or whatever. So it's a lot of fun. 
Well, I'm still smiling thinking about it. And what were the what are the names of the two actresses that have the well? It's the, a, Amanda Sarah, the writer, um, director, producer, is um, Amelia. She's the Amelia. Uh, lady with the silver gray hair. And then um, Marcy Barkin is the ginger uh, who plays um, Maddie. And it's, you know, we're we're just so thrilled because this is the first year that the Emmys have added a category for um, web series, and it's a short format category. And we're in consideration this year. So we're just, we're beyond thrilled that, you know, this, this, project that we put together with all these amazing people is up for for not only best best um, short format but also for Marcy Barkin for best outstanding actress. Oh, I hope that they I hope that that it gets many many awards because I I think it it deserves them and um I'm I'm going to uh take a little break here uh, because it's time to um hear uh, brief messages from two loyal listeners and right after these messages Linda I I would like for you to um tell us a little a bit, a bit about uh, any other upcoming movies that you're that you're working on but uh this will just be a few minutes and then we'll be right okay. back Hi comedian Nancy Lombardo here host of Comedy Concepts Blog Talk Radio and when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty. Show me the funny. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Addict Headquarters. And now back to our feature. (laughs) Thanks so much, Nancy and Steve, for these fun promos. And, dear listeners, be sure to check out Nancy's very fun comedy concepts show right here on Blog Talk Radio each Monday and Friday morning at 1030 Eastern Time. And another fun show you should check out is the Mom and Pop Shop Radio Show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. It airs over there on Stream, Dream Stream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus, don't forget the diverse shows on the Wacko Network on Mixler. That's M-I-X-L-R. There's something for everybody in the Wacko wheelhouse. Well, we're back live now with filmmaker Linda Palmer and uh, one of her producers, Ray Davis. And, uh, I, Linda, I wonder if you uh, could uh, fill us in on uh, anything new that you're working on that you'd like to talk about. Oh, sure. Um, I'm actually, uh, well, I just directed a, a short um, called Sienna's Choice that um, just wrapped yesterday. So that's hopefully going to be edited and out in festivals um, either end of year or beginning of next year. But um, Ray and I are actually working on another film with one of our other producers, Marvin Glover, um, who's the music producer who did that song called Turnover. And so we're, you know, in the stages of putting that together and trying to find the right cast for it. 
and I have another project called Cat Decks that we're looking for, um, you know, trying to trying to also make that happen. But it's a huge, huge budget picture and completely different from anything I've ever done. <laughs> so wow. we'll see how that works out. Well, um, I see on, on Facebook, though, sometimes you're talking about a film called Sienna's Choice. Yeah, that's the one we just wrapped. That's yeah. the one that you just wrapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what is that about? Uh, it's a short film by um, filmmaker Janelle Tana. Um, she basically wrote and produced and stars in it. And it's about a young girl that um, is diagnosed with cancer and and you know she has the devastating news that she's not going to make it. So it's really about it's about a person's choice and and what they want to what they want to do when they hear that kind of news and how they want to live their life. Um and it's it's just very it's very emotional, very powerful and it was a it was a great experience. I also worked again with Marvin on that as one of our producers and I met some wonderful new producers in uh Gabriella Smith and Chris Maga who were also on the show and so yeah, it was 6 days of craziness working with, you know, a lot of the same crew I work with on on all the projects that we work on and so you know it, like you said before there you had mentioned to me it looks like you know you're going to be doing a lot more work and you're excited to see what's coming out I've been working with a lot of the same production people and obviously actors and it just it makes me excited every time I do something because the family is becoming more cohesive and it's gelling and it's easier and so I'm I'm excited about the what comes ahead. Well, I'm excited for you. And uh, is that the movie that that you said is the big budget movie? Oh no, Cat Dex is the giant budget movie. It's that's the one. out of this. It's out of this world. That's about a um, an ex marine that's hunting poachers in Africa until they kill a lion that she hand raised, and then it's oh. you know yeah then it gets really bad. We like to say it's a girl Rambo in the jungle, Tarantino style. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I can hardly wait to, to, to hear more about that. So I, it's, I really, it's quite a picture. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I I hope you'll keep me, me posted and uh, that you will, will come back uh, and visit more um, as oh, you're absolutely. ready to talk about the, uh, t- talk about your upcoming projects and, um, I, I'm so sorry that our time is going by uh, so fast, and uh, I do have one last question for you, which is, um, what's the most important thing that you want our listeners to know about you and your work? Um, you know, I like to, what I've come to find is it takes so much to create a project, so much time and energy, that I really want to focus on projects that that have a, a a really strong meaning and they can change people. I think what I I think that's what I've found over the last you know 5 5 years of doing work is is I really want to do projects that when people see them like when you watched our father it just stays with you and and people are getting all kinds of different things out of it. So, you know, I I think that's changing the kind of work that I look at doing. It's changing the kind of writing that I'm doing. Um, 
you know, I don't really have any desire to, to work in, you know, a big studio system. So producing, you know, acting as a, a freelance producer, an indie producer, every project that I'm I'm on, I work on for, especially if it's a feature, for at least two years and sometimes three years in, you know, the beginning to, to uh, finishing it and marketing it. So I feel like I only have a certain amount of time and I want to spend the time on films I really care about. Well said, Linda. But I'm sorry to say we're almost out of time and Thanks so well, much. Well, thank for you, Betty Joe. Such a terrific guest, and thanks to uh, Ray for calling in. Uh, this has been just uh, one of my favorite interviews. And uh, as again, I'd, I'd like to invite you to come back whenever you're ready to talk about your other projects. So it's time well, to wrap you. things. You're very welcome. It's time to wrap things up now. So here's a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, as well as to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. Please come back next time when we'll be helping everyone get ready for National Tap Dance Day, which is May 25th, by discussing favorite movie dancers and dances. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. And if you haven't already purchased a copy of my new book, Cinema Stanzas, Rhyming About Movies, please go to the Kindle store on amazon.com and buy the e-book for only $3.99. It's a bargain. I'm so happy it's getting rave reviews and that many of you have already ordered it and read it. I really appreciate it. That's all for now, folks, because National Tap Dance Day will soon be here. Let's go out tapping with the great Gilda Radner and her famous tap audition. My, uh, my name is Gilda Radner. Uh, I've had extensive experience in children's theater, work for the Board of Education. <laughs> I, I was a theater major at uh, University of Michigan. And I've had a year of uh, tap and ballet when I was eight. <laughs> and for, um, for my audition today, I'm going to do a, a number which I choreographed myself, and I wrote the song myself. Can you help me? Start I really want this job. <laughs> Here's the part where 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.